Hey, this is Daryl Strawberry, and you listen to The Daniel Baldwin Show. What can I say about my brother Daniel that hasn't already been said dozens of times in police reports? Jim Kelly, you're listening to Daniel Baldwin Show on ESPN Radio. This is The Daniel Baldwin Show. A woman on the radio. I'm calling, as you can hear right now, I'm calling Joe Salzone. He's totally forgotten that he's supposed to be in here doing the ESPN update right now. Yeah, you got for, sent a voicemail. Wow, got sent a voicemail. Uh, let me tell you what happened. So we're in the the morning uh, show, and we have the the consulting guy calls. Mm-hmm. You know, so he gives you like his notes and tells you that you suck and mm-hmm. you know what, where you need to be better and everything. So Joe gets we get off the call, and Joe goes, you know, I would really like to maybe do this once a week with him now for the first next month or two. <laughs> we all looked at each other like. Yeah, no, none of us want to do that. So I said, well, you know, Joe, you being the producer of the show now, you could probably go ahead and speak to him once a week and then come in and give us your notes. We have a meeting with you. He went to Mimi, can I do that? And so, you know, he's just, he's cock strong right now. He's he's huge. He's huge. So he even forgot. You guys talk for a minute. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we are uh, live here on ESPN Syracuse. You know what we can do right now is we can take uh, caller number five. Is there a call screener or has Salzone walking around with a mink coat out there? We'll we'll take caller number five right now, Mm -hmm. and you could win a UPS happy hour. You'll be registered to win. Your office gets to go to Shaughnessy's Pub next Friday, May 18th at the Marriott Syracuse downtown. It'll be a party with at least one member of this show and food and drink supplied Thanks to our good friends at Shaughnessy's and UPS, 437-7644 is that number if you would like to win. Thank you. Daniel now, Baldwin just got up and walked out of his own show. Of the Daniel Baldwin show. I <laughs> He could have asked me. I would have been happy to go out and just... Uh, yeah, or, hey, Pauly, can you can go, you get, go get Salzone, who is walking around? So Are we, I hear someone coming. All right. So the... Did we find him? The, we found him. He's sitting at the desk. Okay. Uh, I said to him, Joe, um, are you going to come do the ESPN update? He went, Seth never emailed me anything. Um, <laughs> it's just a chain of incompetence in this building. I'm, 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 I'm taken aback by the apathy. That, that's your boy. Joe Selzone, that's your boy yeah, right there. Listen, I, and I pulled, you're, I you're, pulled hard for him you're putting your, to be you're in putting the You're putting your career that on that guy's shoulders. Oh. I did. I did. Holy cow. I did. Right. And, uh, let me see whether or not we that uh, done. He is the savior of radio, Joe Selzone, ladies and gentlemen. And so the here, Larry Dickman, yes. He, he is the Larry Dickman. Mm-hmm. I'm uh, now going to see if I can find him. Here's uh, Mimi and Hi. Gomez. How are you? Hi, Hi. say hello. Hey, uh, how are you? Joe Selzone, anyone? Selzone just left our studio. Joe Selzone? He was going to your studio. So Joe Selzone, not yeah. to be found. Missed the opening of the show. Anyone? Joe Selzone? <laughs> supposed to read the ESPN update? Anyone? Joe Selzone? We're burying him on the air right now because he missed the ESPN update. Joe Selzone, the show has started. The ESPN update you were supposed to read? Lots. He is screening Seth a lot of calls. you one so you're no longer performing on the show? Joe Selzone, ladies and gentlemen, the incomparable Joe Selzone. 
Of course, uh, the one line he said you spoke over. <laughs> oh, what did he say? He said, he goes, yeah. Seth never emailed me the update. Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. you get him in here for a tanning. Yeah, there it is. He's registering a bunch of people to win right now. We're getting so. phone calls. Look at those phones light up. Lighting up. Yes. For a chance to hang out with me. Yeah. Because I know neither of you will be there. We will for the right appearance fee. <laughs> uh, $25,000. Yeah, exactly. His current rate. Yes, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Look at Paulie. Thank you. So this wasn't what I was expecting for the start of the show today. What were you expecting? What were you expecting? Uh, Why do you have I never know what to expect. Yeah, yeah. I was, gonna say, I was expecting any. the show host to get up and walk out. Well, well, you know what, what? You are very competent with the microphone. So, I wouldn't go that so far. Girls tell me. <laughs> so girls tell me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dirty. Yes. What'd you do last night? It was a big sports night. Bro, let me tell you something. So I, I'm in hell schedule right now. Robin is still, you know, on this wonder tour in Florida or whatever the hell she's doing down there. So I have both my kids, Avis and Finley, by myself. So I take the kids. So this this is what my day starts like. Or, or I'll go from here, from now, what, what it'll be until tomorrow. So I'm going to leave here and I'm going to go home, of which I have three interventions. One I will do on the telephone. Two I will do live. And I have to be home by 4.15 when the kids get home. When the kids get home, I will have their dinner. They do their homework, and then I make them their dinner. And then I get in the car, and I drive from Cleveland all the way to my sister Beth's house in Camillus with the dogs in the back of the truck. Because I have to leave the kids with my sister Beth, who drives them in the morning all the way to school in Cleveland, because I've got no one there with me. I leave at 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning. So I can't leave the kids alone in the house. I've been doing this for two weeks. I put 180 miles a day on my car. <laughs> it's been it's been insane. I, I don't know whether I'm coming or going. So I got to lift the dogs in and out of the truck. Rufus at a svelte 165 and Jethro at a year old at 205. Yeah, they're bears. So I picked Jethro up and turned a little funny and tweaked my back yesterday. I spent the entire day on the floor in the living room laying there going, please go away. Don't let it get really bad. Because when my back goes, I'm crawling. I think I've had one show where I came in, it was really bad. I remember that show, yeah. Christmas Tree did it to you. Yeah, it was. It's it's if you're extended forward just to a certain degree, I become very susceptible, and and I don't take the time to walk up to the object and bend my legs and pick it up the way you're supposed to, and when I do it, it's bad news. Um, So anyway, uh, I'm on a pretty chaotic schedule. I'm constantly moving in a car and trying to get things done and do the different stuff that I do, so no, I didn't see anything in sports i i grabbed like some highlights uh, I'm, I'm dumbfounded about the mets though i gotta tell you i'm just you want to lead off with the mets okay look this is the same conversation so for, so go ahead lay it out for everybody what happened they batted out of order i mean you don't really need to go into it that deeply they okay. made a softball mistake okay right it was a beer it, league it, softball mistake literally you know i i don't think i've ever seen this mistake done um the closest thing i can imagine ever seeing happen in the major leagues is a guy running past, you know, another guy and scoring and passing him. I've seen that once, but it was because the guy was waiting to tag up and the other guy took off and the guy dropped the ball in the outfield and he ran right by the guy at third, uh, you know, and which is another, you know, little league 12, you know, under under 10-year-old mistake. So the Mets put a guy up to bat, which, which the rule on this is fascinating to me. Do you know what the rule is? No, I know they gave the wrong batting... Like lineup, they so gave the wrong out. lineup. They had two lineups. Gave the wrong one to the. Um. We were talking about an earlier show, and I said, "Well, I imagine if he's actually taking a pitch, if a pitch is thrown." So, um, in other words, the batter could get up. 
He could stand there in the box before the pitcher throws a ball and say, hey, hey, hang on a second, that's the wrong batter, and you wouldn't be penalized. Mm-hmm. Actually, the rule is the batter can go up there, the wrong batter, and take multiple pitches, provided the out or the hit hasn't occurred, the, the at-bat has not finished. And you can yank the guy out of there and put the right guy in, and he takes the count that the first guy had. Whoa. Did you know that? I didn't know no. that. Yeah. Yes. So I could go up, and I said, well, then, if that, and we had a, a, a pro umpire on the phone this morning. And so I said, well, if that's the case, then what stops you from doing like the Bill Vec thing where you put a midget up to take three pitches and then yank them out and put some, your best hitter up to, to, when you, the bases are loaded and, and there's a 3-0 count, mm-hmm. you'd be facing a fastball for sure right down Broadway and the guy gets the tee off. But the interesting thing about it is if the other team catches it and brings it to the attention of the umpire, then the guy would have to step out of the batter's box and the right batter would have to step in and assume the count. So... Obviously, if you put a midget up there, they would know he was not the right batter and there was no substitution. Ball. So there goes my theory of being sneaky. Um, but more to to what I had brought up earlier in the week, which was the Indiana Pacers failing to foul LeBron James with three seconds left, and he heaves up that three-pointer and wins a game. They had a foul to give. This is basketball 101. When a ball's coming inbounds, unless it ended up in Dikembe Mutombo's hands from 40 feet out, in which case you'd like him to go ahead and throw a dart up there. But even him, it's 101 that you're fouling the guy to make them inbound the ball with, a, with at least a second or a half less and try to get up a shot in a second and a half. They let LeBron take three dribbles, three big strides, and then fire up a BB that goes in, and you lose the game. They lost that game based on that play, in my opinion. I mean, you deserve to lose if you make such a crucial, simple, staple mistake in, 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 in basketball knowledge. Same for that. This, this is even worse. How at a professional level do you allow a guy to get up at bat out of turn? This is the New York Mets. What does this say about, and they had, they had a guy on third base. He was in scoring position. They lost the game by one run. You can't say they lost the game. It wasn't like you forfeited the game because of it. So you can't say they would have scored or whatever else. But this is such a fundamentally ridiculous error for them to make at a professional level that I have to look at that and say, gosh, you know what? I'd hate to see them you know, lose the division by a game or lose the wild card spot by a game and go back and wonder, geez, I wonder what would happen if we had batted in order. Yeah. You know, honestly. Yeah. I mean, I'm trying to look through the history of this, and the last time it happened was July 4th, 2016. So just two years yeah. ago, the Brewers did Brewers it. Brewers did it, yeah. Yeah, so. Yeah, but, but, you know, I, I just can't understand. Was it an era of what someone wrote down, or did the batter actually get up to bat? No, they they had two different order sheets. The one that they right. wrote to give to the ump and the one that was hanging on the wall were okay. different. Right. So it was the manager's fault. Right. So no guy actually got no, up to No, it bat. wasn't like, hey, just, yeah, it's not like what would happen in a beer league softball where right. Billy just gets up and bats out a turn, you know. So so it was, it was a logistical kind of a technical thing on a, yeah, on they a, just, on a lineup card. They handed the wrong lineup to the umpire. There should be like a series of checks and balances before you do that. I agree. Like someone should say, hey, let me look that over before you go hand that in. You might want to. Yeah, hey, let me uh, let me glance over that batting order before you go hand it in yeah. and blow the game. You got for Julio us. in third base again because he's not playing today. Yeah. <laughs> he died twelve years ago, so right. uh, let's right. uh, let's, re- let's reassess. Yeah, exactly. Mm. When you look at the batting card and it says Roberto Clemente is batting second, you know you probably have a problem. I'm just saying. Yes. What else you got over there? If you'd like to see the Mets maybe bat out of order, <laughs> or the Yankees who are on fire at City Field on June 10th, 
on our Bob's True Value bus. For just 115 bucks. you can get your tickets at ESPNSyracuse.com. Thanks to our friends at Frank's Frank's Tours. And you'll get to and from City Field with some Cam's Pizza on your way to Queens and whatnot. Check out a Subway Series game. 115 bucks. Either one of you guys pitching in and going? Me? Yeah. I'm very busy. I've got a lot going on. I'll have a Yankee party at my house if you want. This is the time. Listen, our time to strike with the, you know, hang out and at the farmhouse and, and do an event of some kind. Robin's coming home. That's going to be a completely different event with Robin. When Robin comes, then bring all your wives and your girlfriends. Yeah, it's going to be t- that yeah. whole thing. The bro but, show is over. But, but, you know, for me to go grab the Cubans, mm-hmm. the Cuban fatties, have them sent out. Yeah. I know you. I, heard I watched you like, a movie called Cuban Fatties. Ah! Right <laughs> <laughs> you are correct, sir. Wow. Yes. Wow. The great Carnac sees stains among the floor. Well, speaking of your Yankees, though, the Yankees came back last night against the Red Sox. They're just they, they can do no wrong right now, and and I love the um. There's there's a thing I'll have to get it so we can play the audio, but it's a guy who sits behind third base at Yankee Stadium. He's a season ticket holder. And he, he does a lot of YouTube and stuff like that, and he sends it out. So one's right next to him is, you know, Tony Schlemoni. You know, he's like from the Bronx. He owns a truck company. He does well. And he's over here talking mm-hmm. like this. And then he has a recording of the guy. He just plays the voice. Although he has the video, you can hear this guy going, you know, Stanton strikes out five times in one game, whatever. He's going, what the hell did they ever pay this money for this guy for? <laughs> what was Cashman thinking over yeah. here? We're going to blow it. We got Judge. We always should have stayed with the lineup. He screwed it up. This guy sucks. Mm-hmm. I don't understand it. Then they turn around and they play it side by side. That, and then Stanton hits three home runs in one game. The Yankees come back. It's just two weeks later. He goes, unbelievable the cash Meister brings in this guy. He's a god. He may hit more than Judge. He can go 70. He's threatening the record, this guy. He knocks him out two tree a game. Blah, blah. The same exact guy two weeks later. And that's Yankee baseball when you're a fan in Yankee Stadium. They are rough. They're in Philly and Boston are by far the three roughest cities. Yeah. Did you they're bipolar Yankee fans. Did you see your brother's Billy's tweet about the Yankees? And I completely agree with him. What was it? He tweeted out a photo of a, a Yankees home game, and behind home plate, it's just empty. And he said, all these seats are held by these, you know, fat cats on Wall Street, these these guys with a ton of cash. They buy the seats, but they never go to the games. So your brother Billy tweeted out, if the guy's not in his seat by the third inning, Go find some kids. Go find some 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 veterans. Go find some first responders. Give them the seats. Right. Because it looks bad at Yankees games that when they're televised to have all these just empty seats behind home plate. Right. I agree with them. I think that's. It I think looks it's a so great dumb. program. I, I think it is. It's a really good idea. I think it's a good idea. Did Billy really come up with it? Or did he steal it from someone else? Yeah, well, I don't know. I saw I him know. tweet it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get him on the phone. I'll text him. See, see if he yes. See what he, he thinks. Hop with, uh, on the phone with that B- hot take. Billy, Billy by a Yankee seat. Yeah. Billy by a Yankee seat program. Let's come back. Uh, we've got a bunch of stuff lined up, too. I want to talk the championship, which is happening as well. So take a break. You do? <laughs> I do. There's something interesting about it that fascinates me, Paul. We'll come back. Daniel Baldwin Show, ESPN Radio, Syracuse. We're giving you more than the latest in sports. Oh, yeah. We're helping you lower your standards and expectations. Just as I thought. ESPN Radio 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. Follow the NBA playoffs on ESPN Radio AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. 
Hey now. Listen to On the Block with Brent Axe all this month. Be caller five when prompted, and you can win a free haircut from our friends at Sports Clips on Brewerton Road in Cicero, courtesy of Sports Clips and ESPN Radio Syracuse. Now I got to ask you something. Sports Clips, I believe, I believe started in in California initially. I believe so. And, really? it, yeah. and the thing that you got by going there, it was like going to Hooters to get your haircut. Nice. I mean, they had. Like the smoking hot girls. I think and they like, still do. Yeah. Like referee. Is that the same here? I don't think, I don't know if that's true. You don't? I no. think it is. I don't know. They say you watch sports, we cut your hair. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you watch sports, but yeah, I, I don't know that that's true. I want to Google staff at Brewerton and Sports Clubs. Come on. Come on. Oh, I got a no caller ID. I'm so excited. Yeah, it's baby. It's time for. I, um, I just can't hide it. I'm about to lose control, and I just can't... Um. So what? It's unlistenable radio! <laughs> you understand the me? Daniel Baldwin Show. <laughs> Checking his voicemail. Hold on a second. I want his comment on this. I, I want his comment on this! Yeah, well, read it. Listen, it's my mother. Oh, okay. Hope everything's okay. The Players' Championship at Sawgrass features, according to many, and uh, uh, what are they, uh, uh, PGA players, golfers? Yes. Yeah, golfers. <laughs> features. <laughs> I don't know. He didn't want Joe to screw it yeah. up. Sorry. <laughs> those guys with the sticks? Yeah, those guys with the thingies and the swingies. I, yeah. he, he went into this, too. I got a hot take on this one. Yeah. No, I don't yeah. got a hot take, but I want his opinion, because I wonder if we've ever played the course. It features, according to golfers, the most dreaded hole in golf. The 17th hole. Your mom? The par at, five? It's Sawgrass. No, it's this one. It's the one with like a, basically a tiny peninsula. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the green is on this peninsula, and they say they start freaking out about it before they even get to the, the Players' Championship. Well, the problem with the, with the hole is a, a pro golfer can hit the ball pretty much wherever he wants, but when you start adding in wind, so you're talking about throwing a ball out. There's a, a great uh, hole um, similar that... That actually, what makes it even more unique than this is they can move the tee box back mm-hmm. to to a certain degree on this hole and make it longer, but they have a um, a floating hole up in Idaho. Um, um, oh gosh, what's the name of that town? Um, any anyway, I'll th- I'll think of it. But, it's, but it's like hitting a ball on a lily pad. It's out well, there and but, surrounded but it is, by people but, and but, water. But check this place out. This place, um, it has the tee box is set. And then they have a barge that moves the entire green out further and further and mm-hmm. further. So the first day, I stayed there for like three days. The first day, it was like an eight iron. It was like 150 yards and a pretty nice sized green. And I looked at it the next day when I, I played the r- three rounds there. Um, and and uh, I turned around, oh, um, Quarter Lane Resort Hotel. So I turn around and I play the next day. And I'm looking at it. And I didn't look at the yardage marker because I hit a nice shot. It was sure. probably 30 feet and I made par. and. I'm looking at it, and I'm like, man, that looks like it's 200. I mean, it's way longer than what I looked at. It. It's 205. And I thought, and I'm looking at the tee box because I remember how far I was from the lake. Yeah. And you got to take a boat out to the green. <laughs> yeah, kid you not. Wow. So I looked at it, and sure enough, and I said to the caddy, I went, well, how can it be 50 yards longer if I'm still the same part? He goes, oh, the green moves. They actually take a boat and push it. And it's, oh, it's floating, and then wow. they anchor, re-anchor it. So then the third day, which was a Sunday, where they usually golf courses set their courses up the toughest they can because the members are out there, the better players in the morning. And this thing was like 225, and the wind was blowing. And I did all I had with a three iron out over the water and turn it back, and I barely caught I remember it. It barely caught onto it, and I made like a five anyway because I, I had to chip it out of crap. And I, 
putted, three putted, but. They said since 2003, when the course was opened, 703 balls have gone in the water, and uh, the the field is a combined 762 over par on the 17th. Wow. That's so what? And you're so right. It's called the floating green, by the way. The one you had, the one you were talking about. It's called the floating green. Yeah, over a quarter lane. Yeah. So what to Baldwin's story? So what to your story? Wow. wow. Strong hate. <laughs> I like it. it. The Detroit News reported last night that recently hired Detroit Lions head coach Matt Patricia was indicted on sexual assault charges in 1996 when he was in college. He's local ties. He's uh, from central New York. And where where did he go to college? He went to college. This was during spring break when it happened. Nugget State? I don't know. I mean, look, I'm looking at the article here. He was in South Padre Island on... Spring break. Oh, so he went to like Texas or something. Was like he that. convicted? No, they dropped the course. They dropped the charges because the, the the the, I guess the plaintiff didn't come to court. He's stroking out. I don't know what's going on. Yeah, no, the woman who was accusing him. The girl. Yeah, and they the claim, vagina didn't come. He, he says it never happened. The Detroit Lions are backing him, saying it never happened. Uh, well, they, the girl no-showed everything, so what, are they just trying to dig up dirt on him now to, you know, that's that The whole report was at approximately 6 p.m. back in 1996, on March 15th, Matt Patricia and the men arrived at the Radisson Hotel where the woman was sleeping. Patricia and Dietrich, whoever this other guy named, burst into the room, awoke the woman, and taking turns sexually assaulting her. That's what Ooh. she claimed. But Patricia said it never happened, and... It was all false reports. And she put it all on her credit card, or how did she handle the charge? What are you talking about? If that happened, and and, and again, I'm not admonishing anybody or, or, or abdicating that, that this should take place, because if that happens, you should take the guy and shoot him right in the courtroom if he's guilty of doing that. But let's play this tape forward. So that happens to you. You take the time to go with the charges, and what, she shied away at the last minute? Because, no, 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 someone doesn't show up in court. There was something else going on here that we don't know about. Because She said in 1997, I cannot feel the pressure or stress of facing a trial. So she dropped it. Uh, I say BS. Uh, an AHL goalie broke a record last night. 94 saves. 94 saves on 95 shots. Longest game in AHL history with five overtimes. Five overtimes. That's on, not that's a exciting. so what. That's exciting, exciting. Paulie. That's not a so 94 what. 94 saves? Polly, come He's on! So, I'm like fighting back a so what? <laughs> You're not Let a hockey go. fan. Regurgitate the so what? No, what teams were the what? Lehigh Valley Phantoms, who are the Flyers yes. uh, AHL affiliate, and the Charlotte Checkers, which are the affiliate of the Hurricanes, played the longest game in AHL history. Do it! Do it's it. pretty cool. The final score was two to one. It I'd took be- 146 min, uh, 146 minutes. I'm just, and then you got all the intermissions and all that garbage. Yeah. That must have been a brutal radio broadcast. Here's another one I learned today. We had the information about the at-bat, and you can put the batter back in the right order, and he just assumes the count that was there. It's it's not illegal unless he completes the at-bat, has a hit, or he walks or strikes out or whatever. That's number one. We learned that. Here's another one. So you take a slap shot on on a goalie, and it hits the pipe. Do you know that does not count as a shot on goal? Because it wasn't on the goal. It hit the pipe. Believe it or not. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either until today. Believe it or not, I thought a shot. So I said, wait a second. So if you're on the mound pitching and you throw a pitch that's three feet wide and the guy swings at it, it's not a strike? I go, 
if he swings at it, it's a strike. And they said, no, the rule is it has to be a shot on goal that had the potential to go in the goal. So if it hit the goalie first and hit the pipe, then it was on goal. If it's a shot that goes wide of the goal, it's not a shot on goal. And if it hits the pipe, it's not a shot on goal, which I did not realize. Paulie wants to challenge it. Look at him. He's nah, dying. Give it a so what. Just give it a so what. I'll give you my final one. All right. Nothing today. Bore the hell out of everybody with your story. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Finally, Nate Mink. Jesus. Of Sarah. <laughs> my allergies are bothering Something. me. <laughs> I want to know what there's a little period puffiness going on. What's going on over there right now? I don't know. Right it's when you got up and walked out of the studio. I got mad at Put you. Put him in a man. I'm, I'm, listen, I'm, I'm hustling, trying to get to sell zone. I got a recording. I, no, I didn't see you get out of your seat. He doesn't move for anybody. Nothing. Nate Mink of Syracuse.com is reporting that of the 14 ACC football schools, Syracuse ranks 10th. And he poses the question, does Syracuse need to spend more? For example, how much did they spend? Well, in Dino Baber's first season, the school spent about uh, $20 million. Is this 10th in spending on the program? 10th in spending okay. out of the 14. So out of the 14 ACC football programs, Syracuse uh, is in 10th place. So you were about to say year by year, though. Yeah, that's a year by year spend. So what is it? So twenty million the first time. Uh, that was the that was the only report they had. They said the other schools, Florida State, Clemson, and Miami, exceed thirty million dollars. Yeah, a year well, spending. we're not going to spend that much at Syracuse. Well, yeah, but you bring up an interesting thing, and that is that the universities themselves they share. It's a pool of money in the ACC, so they're all benefiting from. So why wouldn't we spend a little more money? Because those are state schools too. Like you get a. You know, they're not private institutions. They get it money is elsewhere. Up. From 2003, they, they spent, in 2003, they spent $13 million. Now they're spending about twenty, but it's not nearly what the top three schools are spending. And we're still winning five games a year. So, What does the money buy, Daniel? If they were to pump more money in it, where does it go? Where do you put uh, it? It goes into facilities like weight rooms and locker rooms. Well, and- I would think that the the grander amount of money I would spend it on would be the the dogged pursuit of athletes and recruiting. Um, that that's where I would spend it because it is harder to get somebody to come to Syracuse than it is to get to Florida State. That's a fact. Um, so I would think that you'd want to spend the money on on um, getting a kid to come to school here. And it says right here too in the story uh, of the two top spending schools, Florida State and Clemson. They have won every ACC title since 2011. So there is a you can correlate either like Polly said, nobody wants to come to Syracuse because it's cold, or they are spending I the most that? money on the. You said. It's hard to recruit to Syracuse. No, I'm just saying they don't have the money that Florida Syracuse doesn't have the money Florida State. So has. does this show that money correlates with a better yes. season? Yes. Because so why not spend the, the thirty million that a Florida State spends? Syracuse doesn't have thirty million to spend. They got thirty million dollars. They can find thirty million dollars. Well, you, you, what happens is is you look at no, they don't. Um, well, well, <laughs> this is like any this is whether you like the statement or not. It's a fact. It's a business. So knowing that it's a business, you have to look at if I spent four more million, is my return going to be five or more million from spending the four? And the answer here is probably not. So um, that's why they won't do it if there was a way that the university was going to make money. Now, with that said, if you spent 10 more million, would you win X amount of more games? Yes. But can you guarantee to the university that you're going to bring in 20 million for spending the 10? And the answer again is no, which is why they don't spend the money. It's in my opinion. You want to take a call because uh, yeah, Joe doesn't have the screener on. So go ahead, live. What up? You're on ESPN uh, am I, Radio. Am I on? Yeah. Who's this? Can you hear me now? Yes. 
this is this is Doug in North Syracuse. I just wanted to comment on this uh, on this hockey goal thing. Yeah, the AHL goal. This is crazy. I, you know, I don't I don't want to say it's a stupid rule because it's their sport and they make the rules. But you know, this is a golden opportunity for me here in lacrosse. When the shot clock goes on, if you guys are familiar with that, you got 30 seconds to take a shot. You hit the pipe on the goal, you hit the goal. How can that not be a shot on goal? You hit the pipe, the shot clock goes off because it's a shot on goal. It should be the same way in hockey. And as long as I'm on the subject, let, let me remind you folks, 7-15 Sunday night, Syracuse-Cornell in the Dome, huge rivalry, huge, huge game. No better Mother's Day gift than a ticket to that game. So be there. That's a crazy rule, though. So yeah, we gotta, we, we, we got to show up, though. We lost by eight against these guys. I want revenge. I love Doug. He's always plugging the lacrosse program. Every time he calls, he's not, he lets you know when the next matchup is. You can catch that game on ESPN Syracuse AM 1200 and TK99. And to clarify what Daniel said, an attempted shot that hits the pipe framing the goal mouth is not counted as a shot on goal unless the puck goes into the goal without further contact from the team attempting the shot. There you go. Okay, we'll come back. It's ESPN thought, Radio. thought I was lying, Paulie. ESPN Syracuse wants you on the Bob's True Value bus to the Mets versus Yankees at City Field on Sunday, June 10th. For just $115, you get tickets to the game, a bus ride from Frank's, Frank's Tours to and from City Field, and Cam's Pizza on the way to Queens. Just go to ESPNSyracuse.com to buy your tickets. This is your chance to see a Subway Series game, all for just $115, so get to ESPN Syracuse. Syracuse.com now to purchase yours from Bob's True Value and ESPN Syracuse. The home of Mets baseball, ESPN 97.7, 100.1, 1200 a.m. and 1440 a.m. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Hey now, we're back and wow. we have a, we have a live studio right now. We have Holy cow. K-Rock Josh, Seth now sitting in the studio, and of course, the incomparable producer of the future, Joe Salzone. Yes. So, there are too many people. There are not enough mics. <laughs> Seth, the, the, reason why we bought, the reason why we brought you in was today, uh, you know, I'm doing the morning show. Joe is the producer of the Lisa Gomez and Lisa, whatever they want to call it today. <laughs> and, um, of, of, of the, Joe is the producer of my show in the morning. Very but anyway, nice. Oh, hey. Very, very nice. Um, and, and, we get in here, and it's been pretty seamless for, for many months that I've been here. You would come in and do the ESPN report, or maybe Max would come in. But Joe has been taking on this responsibility. Today, the show goes goes on live, and there's no one in here reading it. So while we were on, I had Josh and Paulie cover for me while I ran out to try to find out where Salzone is. His answer to this when I finally tracked him down and the show was actually going on was, Seth never emailed me the update. I don't have it to do. Oh, did he not get? Oh. I thought I sent it last night. So you were thrown under the See, bus. Here's the thing. I've had with with like what I actually have to do with that update. I've had a lot of problems and for some reason it's sounding like garbage when I send it over to the folks on Sunny. So I guess last night I was dealing with that garbage too much. Uh and didn't send it to Joe. That's my fault. So what you're saying is you write an update, you record you doing it and, and then, then I make send- it longer and send it to Joe. All right. Yeah, <laughs> they make it longer. Well, because the one for Sunny is only supposed to be like thirty seconds, gotcha. so then the one here should be like a little bit longer. So, um, and having to deal with all the other stuff to make it sound okay to go over the air for Sunny, 
I must have forgot to send now, you a Now, here's where Polly is operations manager of this radio I'd like station. To, I'd like and, you to step uh, in and take the authoritative and, uh, position, Polly. At what point does Joe say at like maybe 5 a.m. when he gets up in the morning and checks his email that, hey, I haven't gotten Seth's email yet. Should I maybe call him? I get up at 4, and I don't look at my email until I get here. Moreover, I was in a meeting until about 9.45 this morning, so I wouldn't so even have for, time you were in a meeting one. from 4 a.m. till 9.45? No, I was in the studio from so 6 to 9. So maybe you could have... Mes- I could you have- could have messaged me and said, hey, I didn't get the report. I could have done that, and I apologize for not doing that. You guys, I like you feel, were, you you guys, cut the tension with a knife. You guys it's just a, need like- to do your jobs. Thank you. Wow. Wow, wow that was a strong, authoritative position <laughs> for wasn't it? Did you buy any of it, anyone? Well, no. Was that it, or did you did you need something else? I just need you to do oh, okay. your work, for God's sakes. Every day Listen, it's something we with you. We strive more. every day on the Daniel Baldwin Show to bring you quality radio. And this is the hierarchy, a behind-the-scenes look at the power of Polly the Mole. Anything else that uh, Seth <laughs> is forgetting to do? Joe, Joe breaks into a laugh. Well, he loves that, it. Oh, he loves it. Seeing that we got wow. Seth here, and Seth is host of uh, Yankees on Deck, the only thing he cares about. Thank you, Joseph. Uh, your Yankees are on fire here, Seth. Give us a little breakdown of, uh, of what's going on with the Yanks. Well, it's this weird feeling where uh, it, it doesn't seem like they're going to lose, right? It it seems like uh, no matter what happens, even if they're down late, they're, they'll find a way to come back, and, and that's what happened last night. I mean, they the Red Sox bring in arguably the, arguably the best closer in the league, and, and it doesn't seem to matter. It's not, uh, string together a couple hits and, and end up with the win anyway. Isn't it interesting, though, you know, when you look at being raised out this way, all of us, um, we're, we're used to um, that Yankee mentality. We're used to Philly, Boston, where uh, these are the roughest places if you're a professional athlete to play for sure. Because the expectation, number one, um, the knowledge of the fan, I think, is, is, is quite impressive, too. They really understand the sport. But there was a guy I was telling um, Josh and Paulie, um, he sits on the third base side and he, he YouTubes quite a bit of stuff. And he played two weeks apart the same exact guy talking about uh, um, Stanton. <laughs> what the hell was Cashman right. thinking about this bump? On the guy's the greatest. He's going to hit more than Judge. You know? <laughs> and it was two weeks apart, this yeah. monologue by this guy. You know, so what have you done for me lately is always going to be the mentality of the diehard Yankee fan because when you win that many titles, you have an expectation of at least going to the series. You know, and anything short of that is is considered failure. And hasn't it always been like that though? I mean, A Rod struggles early, he gets booed. Uh, Jason Giambi struggles early, he gets booed. Uh, you know, name the Tino Martinez struggles early in in the mid nineties, he gets booed. Um, it, it doesn't seem to matter. Whoever they bring in, if you don't do it right away. Uh, you're going to be in trouble, and and that's just kind of what the Yankee fans are. Well, it, and 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 you're right. It, it, the the term is expectations because that's a deadly word for anybody in life. When you have an expectation of something beyond what you're going to do yourself, um, you know you can be sorely disappointed, or you could become commodity and old like Pauly. Um, as a result of living your life that Burn! way. Burn! So, so, <laughs> so take a look at the Knicks. They haven't won a title since 1973 North. They've been, I think they went once. 94. Ewing against um, Houston. Um, and, and, but, but again, there's no expectation. Something level. happened during that final. Like, more important than basketball, right? There was the OJ chase, right? That was like, there wasn't was, that in the middle of the game? There was. <laughs> they just like there stopped was. showing the game? Yeah, well, yeah, I could tell you the story of what that was really about, but. 
a whole different segment. Um, but but again, you look at the Mets, and the Mets have had some success beyond '69. I mean, they've won the series a few times, and they haven't been in a while. But you know, the Mets is a New York team. There's not a lot of expectation in people that are Mets fans. There's no expectation anymore of Jets fans. None, none. They don't go there at all and kid themselves and think we're going to win the AFC East and we're going to go to the Super Bowl this year. They don't think that there. Isn't there almost an ex- an expectation out of those two fan bases that they're going to screw it up? Like the Mets yes. were eleven and one, yes. and they were like, eh. their fans were like, yeah, this will this will even out. Like right. we're not this good. Right, something's going to happen. Right. Um, but I would say that the other team would be the Giants. The, the, the Giants have an expectation level. Even when they're bad years, they have an expectation level of winning every game. They think they're going to win every game. They have that mentality. They're more closer. To, I guarantee most Giant fans are Yankee fans. Yes. And vice versa, I would say. Um, I'm going to say the Yankees aren't built for postseason yet. This team isn't, the pitching staff isn't a postseason pitching staff. As of right now, I mean they're they're, they're going to win a lot of the starters. They're going they're going to win a lot of games in the regular season, but when it get, comes down to a, even the first series, more importantly, is this pitching staff ready to? Uh, Do you think that you've seen the 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 uh, the final Yankee pitching staff right now, or don't you think they're going to no, make a move? No, I think they'll make a move. Yeah, so do I. I don't know. I don't know who it is. I don't know if Madison Bumgarner is going to get dangled by the Giants. I don't know if somebody else is going to be out. They're going to get somebody. They're going to make a move. Yeah, yeah, they are for sure. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not that word. I, I and still even with a with a, a you know a young buck that has a lot of talent or a seasoned veteran that's going to win you 15 to 20. Um, I don't think there's any guarantee. I mean, certainly Boston is a really good team, um, and then of course you have to go ahead and play Houston because I think they're going to win the National League title again. Yeah, they're H- pretty Houston's tough. a great team. Yeah, H- they are. Houston very well, and you know they've slowed down a little bit. They very well could break the wins record this year. I mean, they're built for that. What is that number? Uh, I believe 118. In the regular season? Wow. Seth, where are you going to be on June 10th, my friend? With you on a bus to City Field. You're damn right you are. Wow. You and Seth together yeah, again? Yeah, Yankees, yes. Look out, ladies. <laughs> couple the, of poonhounds coming to me? town. On the Bob's True Value bus to City Field. You get some Cam's pizza on the way down there. Just go to ESPNSyracuse.com. No, $115 a, for your tickets. Get is this a kid from, event? The kids 21 and over. Oh, it is 21 and over. Yeah. I was going to say, I'll take my kids and go. I'll go with you. But i got to take the kids. I think you could probably. You could get away. Daniel could probably get away with that? I think you might be able to skirt the rules because you work here. I might do that then. I might show up. I might dangle myself as a prize just so I can watch you and Seth on a four-hour bus, right? Yeah, we have to chaperone. (laughs) We have to chaperone. I might pay for someone's ticket just to just to make their trip miserable. I might find the most annoying person I can and put them on that bus for eight hours. I was thinking about somebody with those body are the people we leave at City Field. Yeah. I'm thinking if I'm going, you're going. Me? I'm yeah. very busy. We're getting back at like four. We're getting back at like <laughs> four in the morning. We're gonna He's get back and, yeah, and you guys are gonna go right into the studio and do your show. Oh, it's one of the, it's a weekday. Oh, it's a weekday. Well, it's, it's a, a Sunday, Sunday night game of the week. I know I'm out. I'm out, but I expect you on time. So this damn right. Yeah, you're not. Getting the day off. The, the lawyers wrote a waiver for us. It's amazing. And it says, like, if you come back to the bus and you're too drunk, you can't come back with us. So I was thinking maybe i buy a breathalyzer. Oh, that'd be so funny. <laughs> can breathalyze, you? Yeah, breathalyze yeah, people yeah. And on then the we can come back with just, just the statistics. Make everyone put the plastic new thing on it and do it. So we go... 1.2, and then have the ones that give our median average, our high. We'll give prizes away. We'll give prizes away. We don't want a high. We've we've left people off the rock buses before. We won't take them back because they're too drunk. 
You leave like, him. what's the cutoff, though? Like, what, if there's, what? You can tell. There's a guy who was stumbling around. He had kept making us the bus pull over because he didn't take a leak. It was, yeah. They get Listen, when we're loading the bus up, it's criteria, especially with the girls, that they're stumbling. Yeah. <laughs> hey, yeah, 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 yeah. This yeah. is a baseball game. It's going to be a bunch of dudes having a joust on the bus on the way down Yeah, there. I probably better not bring my kids to this. I might get Jimmy the limo driver. I could try to get to a point two, <laughs> point two uh, blood alcohol content. <laughs> I can, maybe, I can maybe do a point two five. You, can, you, you want can, a party? Let's you swing it. <laughs> You're not afraid? I'll set the bar. I'll challenge it. You know Seth. What? Get to a point two. Come on. Maybe not on this trip. It's probably not. I got to be a chaperone. I got to be a responsible Come on, person. Point two. Polly's, Polly doesn't drink. You get to a point two. Treat yourself. Polly doesn't drink. That's right. I can have somebody I can actually talk to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there was a scary thought on an earlier show. Gomez goes, you know, it actually was voted that if we had to turn around and have someone give their urine or their blood to, to pass a drug screen or, or an alcohol screen, you'd be the best person, Daniel. And I turn around and I go, boy, times have changed, haven't yes, they? Yes, <laughs> they have. Is that it, Polly? Are we done? No, we got a break. Oh. All right. We'll come right back. It's ESPN Radio Syracuse. <laughs> The Stanley Cup. Win and your name is forever etched in hockey immortality. The Chicago Blackhawks have won the Stanley Cup! Inscribed as a record of achievement. Engraved as a validation for victory. Score! 3-2 with less than a minute to go! Whose names will be next? Score! The NHL playoffs. Get all the news, scores, and highlights right here. ESPN 97.7 and 100.1. Follow the NBA playoffs on ESPN Radio AM 1200. This is the Daniel Baldwin Show. Take the long way home, babe. Take the long way home, Polly. Oh, I want to. <laughs> Drive right off a cliff. Are you? <laughs> oh, wow. There is just a just a foulness about him. Well, I'm today. reading the tweets here about uh, the Daniel Baldwin show. Uh, we get this tweet: Somebody give Pauly Sibilia a fudgy the whale cake. He's more ornery than normal today. Hashtag mole. <laughs> wow, a fudgy the whale cake. That's a Carvel, Carvel reference. I favorite love thing. fudgy the whale. Okay, you know what? My first, ra- believe it or not, was on the radio. What a f- rush of memories right now. So. Tom Carvel, who did his own commercials, um, I had a friend who was on the radio on like you know some crummy AM station. I was in high school, and I said, "I want to come on with you." And so I went on with him, and I started doing Tom Carvel. And he did the Lollapaloozas uh, Wednesday or Sunday here at Carvel, <laughs> and come on in and get your Lollapaloozas only here at Carvel. Right, 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 right. Uh, so a woman, her name was Mrs. Medford. And she had, she was an old woman who had um, one of those walk-through Carvels where you, it's like a glassed-in thing and mm-hmm. you have to walk through it. You can't actually sit in it or go yeah. in it. Okay. So one of the old booths, it was on, on uh, Hicksville Road and Montauk Highway. And a drunk driver, she was cleaning the counters late, late at night and a drunk driver went in and slammed in through the glass and pinned her up against the glass. The next morning, I did the commercial. And in memory of Mrs. Medford, come on in and buy you a leg of Palooza's. That's right. Only here at Carvel on Hicksville. Oh, I got buried. I was never on the radio again. I did. I did. Or oh, you can buy you a stumpy Mrs. Medford cake. That's right. We cut the wow. price because we cut off the legs right you, here at Carvel. Do you want to uh, get yourself sucked into a vortex? Read about Tom Carvel's death and you'll be... You'll Is it be, terrible? You'll I'll, be hooked in for It's forever. a huge conspiracy. Yeah. Okay, well, well, let me tell you conspiracy. one thing about Tom Carvel. Talk about... Holy blunder, Batman. So, Carvel is established. I think he had like 16 outlets on Long Island and in New York where he started. And 
he gets approached by this upstart company that wants to make hamburgers, and they say to him, look, we don't want to make desserts in our store, so we're going to put a Carvel in every one of our hamburger stores. You keep the Carvel money, we'll keep them, but we get to say Carvel's in here. And he goes, I'm already a brand. Why would I do that with you? That company's name is McDonald's. They offered him all of their McDonald's in unison. Everyone as a franchise law would have to have had a Carvel in it. And he blew it. And he blew it. Have a good day, everybody. Back tomorrow. Be in a better mood, Paul. ESPN Radio.